Good morning, good morning. You're all looking good this morning. Are you feeling good? I'll take that as a yes. Well, some of my favorite Sunday mornings are Sundays when I get to be here with you in New Life Young Adults. My name is Gabe Jenkins. I've been a pastor here at New Life for 14 years. My wife reminds me I'm getting old all the time. You know what she did? By the way, my wife is right here in the very back. This is what she did. You want to wave at everybody, Ashley? Here's what she did on January 1st. And she, this, this was my greeting to the new year. She came up to me and she kind of pointed to the side of my hair right here. And she said, oh, you got some new ones already. She's pointing out my gray hairs. I said, honey, this, I'm just getting wiser by the day. Wiser by the day. So, uh, but I am excited about uh, what God is doing in New Life Young Adults. I'm excited about the plans that he has for you. I'm excited about the things he's working in your life. Pastor Josh, we got to pray for him, by the way. If, you're, if this is your first time, Pastor Josh Caldwell is the New Life Young Adults pastor, but they just had a baby. And so we got to pray for him because having a newborn is no joke. So just add him to your list and pray for him. Pray that he'll keep his sanity in the middle of the night and all of that. So speaking of prayer, why don't you just close your eyes? Let's start here with a word of prayer. Let's just center ourselves on God's presence and the reality that he's here, that he loves you, that he's crazy about you, that he's smiling at you. And so, Father, I thank you for every one of these men and women. You know their name. You know them intimately. You love them. And, Father, I pray that as we get settled into the new year that you will uh, fill each man and woman with peace and joy. Let there just be a peace that settles over them. God, we look to you in the clutter and the craziness of life. We look to you. You are near. You are present. You are the one who leads us and guides us. So may we just have a yes in our heart that will follow you. God, open our ears to hear. What are you, what are you saying this morning? Open our ears to hear you. In Jesus' name. Everybody says... Amen. How many of you have ever taken a, a personality profile or some kind of personality assessment? All right, I'm, I'm a counselor as well, and so I like these personality profiles. But I'm going to give you a, a quick assessment right here. Okay, I like this, this personality assessment. It's been said there are three types of people, and so I just want to know who I'm talking to this morning. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three different categories and I want you to raise your hand based on which category you're in, okay? So the first category, the first type of person is that when it comes to your vehicle and filling your vehicle with gas, you won't let it get below about half, half full. Okay, we got a couple. How many of you are this way? You're on it. You're organized. You're the firstborns, right? This is the, so we have about three of you in here. Okay, four of you. Okay, the second type of person, second category is, you'll let it get down close to E, but you don't want the gaslight to come on. All right, how many of you fit into this category? So middle children right here. And the third category is your gaslight's been on for a week. In fact, if I would go out to your car right now, your gaslight is on. How many of you right now, your gaslight's on? 
Okay, you're the youngest. You're the baby of the family, right? How many of you have ever uh, run out of gas before? (laughs) You know the walk of shame? Have you had to do the walk of shame? I had to do that one time in high school. You know, you're walking with your little gas can, trying to hide your face. Well, I bring that up because what I want you to think about is when it comes to your pace in life and the way you do life spiritually, how many of us, we go, 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 go. Life is crazy. Life is busy. And perhaps spiritually that gas light is on. Perhaps deep inside you know, oh, I got I to gotta be more intentional to slow down in life and create some rhythms and some patterns where I'm not running on E all the time, but rather I'm allowing God to fill me up more regularly. Now we're starting a series here called Room. Everybody say Room. And this is going to be a series about disciplines, spiritual disciplines. It's about rhythm in your life. And the whole point, the whole goal is for us, as we settle into this new year, we'll have these rhythms where we're not running on E all the time, where we're allowing God to fill us and renew us and refresh us. Does that sound okay? All right. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. You know, I heard this week that the word disciple is used 269 times in the Bible. And so as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we're disciples of Christ. But isn't it easy for that word to kind of become this churchy word, this religious word where we're like, well, okay, but what does that really mean? I'm a disciple? Well, that word means to be a master student. So as disciples of Christ, really what that means is that you and I were master students of Jesus. It means that we're people who take the the process of learning from Jesus very seriously. We're men and women who are serious about learning the Jesus way of life. And so when we look at the Gospels and we set out to learn from Jesus, there's a lot of things that stand out to us. But one of the things about the Jesus way of life that I think is fascinating is how intentional Jesus was to get away with the Father and to pray, even when things are just exploding around him. Now in Luke chapter 5, this is a really intriguing passage, uh, verse 15 and 16. So go over to verse 15. And I want to give you just a little bit of context here, background. So Jesus spent the first 30 years of his life really living in obscurity, in anonymity. He wasn't really that big of a deal to people. People weren't like, wow, Jesus. And people weren't really flocking to be around him when he was in his 20s. All right, so maybe he had, he would have had 150 Instagram followers, right? Not exactly, people weren't exactly like, we got to follow his every uh, move. We got to listen to his every word. Again, he was living in, in anonymity. But things began to change as he got into his 30s. When he was 30, he, he came onto the scene and people began to realize, wow, who is this? So in Luke chapter 5, 
verse 15 and 16, it says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people, people were coming from everywhere to be with Jesus, to listen to Jesus. So crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, the reason I think this is fascinating is because Jesus finally had the big breakthrough. He was becoming a big deal. And what does he do once he becomes a big deal? Does he hold the press conference? Does he try to to make his fame go even further? No, he withdraws with the Father. He gets away with the Father. He finds these lonely places so that he can be with the Father. And pray. I like this because if there was ever anybody who could have had an excuse to be super busy, it would have been Jesus, right? I mean, after all, his mission was to save the world. And so he could have been like, I don't have time to spend, I don't have time to spend time with the Father. There are more people who need to be healed. There are more people that need to hear the word of God. I've got to go, 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 go. But that's not what we see with Jesus. He was so intentional. Even when things were going crazy around him, even when people were coming from everywhere to listen to him and to be around him and to hear him, he would pull away and he would seek the face of the Father. Because Jesus understood something that's so true today. Jesus understood that busyness can actually become a substitute for intimacy with God. Would you agree with that? Jesus understood this. And Jesus refused to allow anything to get between him and the Father. Jesus would not allow busyness to become this cheap substitute for intimacy with God. And again, if Jesus made that a priority... And he had all of these demands and he had all of this work to do as the Savior. How much more can we make it a priority in our lives? How much more can we kind of learn to pull away from the demands and all of the things calling for our attention so that we can go to the Father, so that we can seek his face? And I think Jesus understood something else about the Father. Because I'm pretty sure that Jesus didn't approach his relationship with the Father in terms of, well, it's just another thing on my to-do list. I mean, can you imagine Jesus pulling up his little wonder list task? This is what I got to do today. All right, uh, I got to walk on water. I got to feed the thousands. I've got to open blind eyes. Uh, I've got to spend time with the Father. I don't know if I have time for that today. Maybe I could just offer a, a quick passing prayer and just check that box, right? That's not how Jesus approached his relationship with the Father. I think Jesus would always look forward to time with the Father because Jesus understood that the Father was also looking forward to time with him. Because Jesus had such an understanding of the heart of the Father, I think he was always looking forward to more time with God. More time with God. It wasn't this to-do. It wasn't this task. I think his heart was just longing for more time with God because he understood the heart of the Father. 
So what does that mean for us? Well, it means that because of Jesus, we are adopted as sons and daughters. So here, isn't this amazing, young adults, that your heavenly father is the exact same father that Jesus called father? Same heart. And that same father longs to spend time with you. That's crazy. If you let that settle on you, that the same God who carved these mountains right here, the very same God that put every star right where he wanted it in the sky, is a God that leans toward you. He loves to spend time with you. That his heart longs for any time with you that that you'll give him. That's wild. That's wild. I've got uh, three young kids I've got a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a five-year-old. And so my five-year-old, I've got two girls and a boy. My five-year-old, when he was two, or a little bit younger than two, he was like nonstop, like crazy. He was go, 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 go. But as his father, I wanted to have, I wanted to get some like quality time with him. But you couldn't get him to slow down to be able to, to get a, a couple moments of quality time. So I came up with a game. This was my idea. The only way to get him to slow down and actually get some face-to-face time with this little two-year-old is to come up with a game. And the game was, Owen, let's have a stare-off. He loves competition. And so I said, let's have a stare-off. And so... Anytime I said that, he would stop whatever he was doing, and he would come and he would lock his little green eyes onto me. And I'd have about 10 seconds of pure heaven on earth, father to son, face to face. I'm here. We've got a, a picture of this right here. <laughs> These were some of the, the best moments of the entire day, just because it was my son getting right up in my face and, and looking at him. And then I would always let him win. And then he would do this. Here's the next picture. Then he would just kind of lean into me like that. And my heart, my father heart just would go. Just so much joy because there's that quality time with my son. Now, if that's true about me, and I am far from being a perfect father, far from it. How much more true is that about God? As the perfect father. How much does his heart fill with joy when he is afforded a couple of moments of you as his son or daughter just kind of looking at him face to face? See, it's not this up, oh, check the list, I've got to do this. It's, it's the father, the same father again that longed for time with Jesus leaning into you, wanting that kind of time with you. This is the kind of God that we have. And this is the longing that he has. This is the passion that's in his heart for for time with you. You know, in Psalm 27, the psalmist writes, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. Now, David is writing this. 
And David was being surrounded by people who wanted to kill him, who wanted to end his life. And so in the middle of having people pursue him and, and wanting to kill him, he, he penned these words. This is what I seek, writes David, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze. Everybody say gaze. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Then in verse 8, he writes, When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. See, his heart just longed to seek the face of the Father. I like what A.W. Tozer writes about this. A.W. Tozer talks about the gaze of the soul and how important it is for us just to turn the gaze of our soul towards God. I mean, how easy is it to turn the gaze of our soul towards other things, right? It is so easy to do that, especially in this culture that we live in. Everything is wanting to, calling at us, look here, buy this, do this, do this. And yet, as Christ followers, may we learn to just turn the gaze of our soul to the Father. And this is what Tozer writes. He says, when we lift our inward eyes to gaze upon God, we are sure to meet friendly eyes gazing back at us. For it is written that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout all the earth. The sweet language of experience is, Thou sees me, God. When the eyes of the soul looking out meet the eyes of God looking in, heaven has begun right here on this earth. Here's a question for you. When you slow down in life, and you turn the gaze of your soul towards God, do you think he's smiling at you? What do you think his countenance is as he looks at you as his son or daughter? Because if you think his countenance is anything but delight in who you are, you don't understand the nature of the Father. Yes, there are times he disciplines us, of course. But it's because he delights in us. That's what the Bible even says. The father delights in a son. that He, uh, he disciplines a son he delights in. But he's not mad at you. His posture is not this condemning posture. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because of Jesus, his anger has been satisfied. And so he looks at you as his son and daughter, and he delights in you. And he smiles at you. Do you believe that? That when you look at him, that's the kind of God that he is. That he's kind. That he is so kind. And that he's crazy about you. Because if we understand this, then the more likely it is for us to slow down and actually practice this. Practice being still before this kind God. Practice being silent before this merciful God. Practice being present to this God who's actually smiling at you because he loves you. But here's what I want you to think about here as we uh, head in more and more to this new year. All right? You hear all about resolutions, and you hear about go, 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 and you hear about do this and do this and lose weight and all the, all the stuff, right? 
But what we don't often hear about is that, hey, we have a God this year who will continually be inviting you to spend quality time with him. Continually. That there's never this time where God says, you know what, I'm a little busy today, so come back tomorrow. Good luck figuring out the work issue. Good luck figuring out the relationship issue. Good luck with school. I'm busy. Try a different day. That's not how he is. We have a God who night and day continually is extending this invitation to you. Hey, spend time with me. Hey, give me a little bit of time right here where you turn the gaze of your soul to my face and you're just present with me. There's a continual invitation from God to you to spend some time with him. And then we get to choose how we're going to respond to that. We get to choose what we're going to do with that. And the more we practice actually slowing down, getting away to these lonely places that Jesus cultivated in his life, and we're present with the Father, that's where the peace comes from. That's where the joy comes from. That's where the richness of life happens. It comes in those places, the lonely places, with the Father. So how do we begin to practice this? This is the last, the last thing. How can we actually take this reality, this reality that God is crazy about you, he loves time with you, there's always this invitation to meet with him, but how do we then begin to live that out in like a Thursday? When you've got a lot of projects, you've got, you've got stuff with school, you've got work, you've got all this stuff happening in your life, how do you practice this? Well, I want to suggest that you can practice this in small ways, where Start by even carving out one or two minutes where you're silent before God. How many of you have ever tried to be silent before God and it lasted about four seconds and your mind was like elsewhere? Okay, that's me too. I'll admit it to you. But this is what I've learned. It's easy to be distracted when I sit with God and I'm silent with him. My mind can think about, oh, I got to do this, and oh, I got to do this, and oh, what? It can just go all over the place. But what I've learned is that the more I practice being silent before God, the better I become at it. I cannot expect myself to be going, 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 living in this crazy world, and then to silence myself before God and then to be really good at it. That is not realistic. We're humans. Our minds are firing. They're going like crazy. And so you got to be patient and kind to yourself. If you begin to practice being present to God and still before him and silent, you got to give yourself grace here. Otherwise, you'll be so mad that you only lasted six seconds and you won't do it anymore. My brother uh, went to the Air Force Academy. And when he was there, he took up a hobby of bull riding. Because there's not enough going on at the academy, I guess, right? For you cadets. You guys are just bored all the time, right? And so he, he started riding bulls. And I was living in Kansas at the time. But I thought, this, is, this guy is nuts. Like, you want to go and ride bulls? But I would, I would come out and watch him. I'd drive out from Kansas and watch him. And I remember the first time uh, he got on a bull, he, he lasted about two seconds. 
The gates opened, the bull bucked, and his feet were flying through the air, and he landed flat on his back. And I'm praying for him, oh, dear God, help him. And he gets up with a smile on his face. And so the next time, you know, he lasted maybe three seconds. And he kept doing it. He kept showing up. He kept getting on the back of that bull. And by the end of the summer, a few times, he even made it to eight seconds. You know, that's like the, that's the goal right there. Eight seconds. But he did it because he kept going over and over and over again. And oftentimes, I think when it comes to being still before God, it's like that. You might make it three seconds and your mind is, but go back to it. Go back to it. You might even make it to eight seconds where your mind is actually still before God. But again, as we practice this, we're actually maturing in our ability to embrace stillness and silence. And this is important. The more we mature in our ability to embrace stillness and silence, the more we're actually maturing in our relationship with God. They're connected. And it might feel really boring to you. Do you know that the process of cultivating a deep relationship with God will involve a lot of really boring moments? It's just the reality of it. If we think that when we spend time with God, it's just going to be this amazing experience every time, we're going to lose. We're going to lose sight of the whole point of it. But the process of just cultivating that intimacy and that depth of relationship with God, which, by the way, is the number one reason you exist and I exist, is to know him. And if we miss that, we'll be off track. But when we get that right, guys, when we understand that the number one reason why we exist is to know him, then everything comes into alignment. It's what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all things will be given to you. But we have to come back to this place that, okay, number one is to know you, God. To know you. To taste and see that the Lord is good. And the more I keep coming back to that place of intimacy and connection and relationship with God, everything else is going to flow out of that place. It's exactly what Jesus said in John chapter 5. He said, said, I only do what I see the Father doing. His whole life came out of intimacy with the Father. And we're invited into that kind of relationship where everything we do comes from this place first of knowing God, knowing who he is, having that intimacy with him, knowing his deep goodness. And yes, there will be boring moments. It's just the reality of it. But there will be some moments that you'll never forget. And oftentimes, those are the moments that will surprise you. Because as you keep coming back to the Father, and you keep practicing stillness and silence with Him, you might think, okay, this is a little boring. But as you stay with it, the Father will smile at you, and He'll surprise you, and He'll blow you away. And it'll be, you're like, I did not see that coming. I could tell you a ton of stories of just sitting with God, like, well, it doesn't seem like much is happening. But then as you go deeper into that silence and deeper into that silence, 
and deeper into that silence, you begin to discover how present he really is and how near he is. You know, think about this. When it comes to your relationships with people, aren't, wouldn't you say that the closest relationships over time are the, the type of people that you can be with them and you don't feel like you have to always be talking? You just feel, you're so comfortable in their presence that there's not this, you don't feel this compulsion, I gotta fill this dead space with talk. You can actually just be with them. Maybe you're driving down the road and nobody has to even be talking because you're so, you're so comfortable in their presence and they're so comfortable in yours. Those are the, those are some, those friendships are gold when you can get to that point. But think about your relationship with God. When you practice silence before him, what if you don't hear anything? There's a good chance you probably won't hear anything at first if this is new to you. What do you do? Do you assume that God doesn't want to speak to you because there's silence? Do you assume that he wants to speak to everybody else but not you? I mean, think about all the things you've done. Think about how you've messed up. Think about the sin in your life, right? This is the voice of the enemy. When you begin to practice stillness before God, the enemy will try to convince you that God is not interested in speaking to you. Don't buy that lie. Don't do it. Sit in the silence. And when you're tempted to kind of back away from it and get busy, right? It's like, where's my phone? Lean into that silence more and more. So when you wake up in the morning, a couple things as I bring it in for a landing. Pay attention to how you start your day. When you wake up in the morning, what's your first urge? What do you want to do? All right, do you want to reach for the phone? Who, how, many, how many likes? How many emails? Anybody text me, right? What I want to encourage you to do, that's human, right? I'm not, I'm not shaming. I'm not condemning. That's just human nature. That, all of us can be tempted to do that. But what I want to challenge you to do is as soon as your eyes pop open in the morning, try this. Don't reach for your phone. Before your feet even touch the, the floor, just lay there in silence and say, come, Holy Spirit. And quiet your mind. Your mind will start to think about everything you have to get done today. Bring it back. Come, Holy Spirit. You're with me in this moment. You're near. Just bring yourself back more and more to the presence of God. And just practice that. Maybe you make it 30 seconds. Awesome. Maybe that turns into five minutes. Just stay with it. And throughout the day, let's just say you're driving, right? You've got a little bit of time. You're driving. Do you turn on the radio? Do you busy yourself with something? Or can you just drive in the silence, understanding that God is literally in the car with you? And just say, come, Holy Spirit. Come and meet with me right here in this silence. But think about your life. How can you find those lonely places? You know, the lonely place might be in your car driving. 
How can you find these lonely places where you can be present with God and begin to enjoy his presence? I want to encourage you just to close your eyes here as we pray. And so, Father, we thank you that this is the God that you are. You're a God that, that leans into us. You are a God who is so passionate about spending time with us. And, Father, for my friends here, every man and woman, I pray that this week they would be reminded of this. As they're going about their busy lives, that they would be reminded that you want to spend some quality face-to-face time with them. That you invite them into lonely places where they can meet with you. They can gaze upon your face and your beauty. They can enjoy your presence and your nearness and allow you, God, as the perfect father, to delight in them, to love them. And so, Father, again, may peace fill their hearts and minds. May 2019 be a year that is marked by intimacy and relationship with God. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Hey, I'm going to give you just a little bit of time at your table here. I'm going to give you about uh, a little less than 15 minutes. But first, I want to invite you guys to something. So all the men in the room, uh, January 16th, 23rd, and 30th, the men of our church are coming together. We'll be in this room. Okay, it should be full. And we're going to have a series called the Anchored Man Series. All right? This is going to be three weeks. And uh, I want you to come and be a part of this. Now, here, this is, this is why. When I spend time with, with younger guys, uh, I often hear guys say, Hey, I would love to have an older man just be able to provide some guidance in life. Like a mentor, or maybe not even something as formal as like a mentor, but I'd love to have an older man to be able to just bounce ideas off of and to uh, share ideas with. And here's what I say. In your 20s, guys, be so intentional to put yourself in environments where there are older men. And so the Anchor Man is going to be a, a three-week series. It's going to be an easy, easy way to meet some other guys in our church and uh, I, w- I want you to come to that. So it's January 16th, 23rd, and 30th. And you can register online, or there's a sign-up in the back as well. And for all the ladies in the house, all right, there's something for you as well, January 16th, that we want you to come. Because it's the same thing. I'm telling the guys, hey, put yourself in environments where there are older men. And I want to say the same thing to the women. Put yourself in environments where there are older women that you can just enjoy that relationship. So this is Pastor Natalie. Before you have time at your table, she's going to tell you about something coming up with the women. Hi, guys. I would like to think that I'm not one of those older women, but I am one of those older women. So uh, my name is Pastor Natalie. I am a worship pastor here on staff and just recently became associate pastor of women with Pastor Stephanie. So that has been added to my uh, responsibilities, and it is exciting to be able to share with you that we have Women's Engage that's starting back up on the 16th, the same night as the men. We meet in the theater where Friday night is held 
It's going to be on the 16th, a night of worship, prayer, and kind of setting in the season. So what that means is if you're looking for a group of women to get involved with, for some community, especially with the young adults, we have tables just for you guys so that you can sit with other women, such as myself, and some other staff women who can really just spend time investing into you and to your future. I am convinced that this is why Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.12, I command you to remember the words that have been spoken over you so that you will not give up and that you will keep keep running this race. And that is what we do when we mentor each other, when we spend time with each other. We speak words of prophetic um, nature over one another and just encourage and uplift. So women, please, if you are interested, come see me in the back. I'll have some of these and we can talk more in detail. Thank you for letting me um, come in here this morning. This is an incredible group. All right. Okay. So when does that start? Oh, you guys are good. Well done. January 16th. Okay, you're going to have about 15 minutes, and I'm going to give you one question. This is going to be pretty simple, but there's two parts to it. So uh, at your table, talk about this. What's it like for you to embrace stillness and silence? Is that hard? Do you start to kind of twitch anytime you're, because it's just so hard to choose that? And then the second part of that is what might it look like for you this year to begin to grow in that? How would you begin to choose to practice stillness and silence before God in your life. Okay, ready, set, go. Oh, hello, hello. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. (laughs) Hey, guys. I just wanted to say thank you so much um, for coming. It's so awesome to have you guys here for the new year. Wasn't Pastor Gabe awesome? Come on. Thank you. To start off our year resting, right? Instead of striving, resting in God's goodness and his grace and his love. And from there being strengthened to do everything that we are going to do this year. So, um, you guys feel free to keep discussing. I just wanted to give an official, um, send off that if you guys need to leave, feel free to, we have pastor Natalie in the back. If you want to raise your hand, pastor, there you go. Um, and then over we have by the newbies board, we have a tall table for signups for you guys. If you want to, um, go to the anchored man, that would be amazing. Signups are back there. Um, but yeah, hope you guys have an amazing, amazing week and we will see you next Sunday. Bye.